Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I am so excited to be here with my guest, Dr. Deborah Fryer. We like so are alike, like in our interviews about about the brain, right? And about the soul, you know? So you do very, very similar work and yet very different. Um, And I just love what you're doing. I wanna introduce you to our audience here and just kind of go over your bio really quickly. You're a spiritual business coach. You're a money mindset mentor. You're the founder of the Anatomy of Money Holistic Brain Training System that incorporates ancient wisdom and modern neuroscience to reset rewire and recalibrate you for the best life mentally emotionally physically financially and spiritually so dr deborah here she helps coaches and healers and creatives and entrepreneurs build seven figure soul aligned sustainable businesses that serve people in the planet deborah is also an award-winning documentary filmmaker you're like so multi-talented i just love this I'm an author of the best brain hacks, Turn On Your Tap, Best Ever, and the forthcoming Abundance Diet and the Anatomy of Money, Reset, Rewire, and Remember the Truth of Who You Are. I know you do these amazing challenges where you're you're going over your anatomy of money, and uh, we want to dive in and find out a little bit more about that. You know, how did you even get started in in working with the brain and your brain hacks and rewiring the brain for money. How did that even begin? I was a typical overachiever. I was all brain and nobody, and that's not (laughs) sustainable, but I didn't know it at the time. So, you know, I got not one, not two, but three master's degrees and not one, but a double PhD. And I always felt like such a fraud. I always felt like I'm not a real doctor and there's something wrong with me. And at a time, I even took the PhD off my resume because people said, Ooh, that's intimidating. And Mm. I was so sensitive to what other people thought of me. I dumbed down. I played small. I was really afraid to use my big, beautiful brain because I felt like there was something wrong with me intrinsically. Mm. So off I trotted to medical school. My big, beautiful brain had a big, beautiful idea that (laughs) If I were a real doctor, that is a medical doctor, then I would get real respect and I would have a real paycheck and I would have real income and I would be a real person. I was so hellbent on disqualifying myself at every possible opportunity. And it was really painful. It was painful physically. It was painful emotionally. I was pulling all-nighters. It was painful to live in my body. It was painful to feel like such a fraud. I was $100,000 in debt and I was making these really beautiful films that were going on Nova and Frontline and Discovery Channel. And I felt like I should have my shiz together and I, and I didn't. And 
so I thought, well, I'll, I'll go become a real doctor. That'll fix everything. And I mean, clearly part of the conditioned mindset was I'm broken. I need mm-hmm. to fix myself. Mm-hmm. So off I trotted in that direction. Now, the really crazy part of this story is that all of my high achieving academic degrees are in arts. They're in humanities. I was a PhD in comparative literature and the double PhD was comparative literature and classics, ancient Greek and Latin. I loved mythology. I love mythology. I love storytelling. I love narrative. And I didn't know anything about physics or chemistry. So I even felt like an imposter going down this medical school route. And I had to do a post-baccalaureate pre-medical degree so that I was pre-med qualified to apply for medical school. So I did that with all the organic chemistry and chemistry and physiology and anatomy. So I was working in an anatomy lab when I had a massive breakdown and breakthrough. And what happened was first there was a flood there was a flood, mother nature flooded in our town and this room that I'm sitting totally flooded and was gutted down to the foundation. Then uh, a couple of weeks later, my dad dropped out of a heart attack. And when you lose a parent, suddenly it's a blow. When you lose a parent at all, it's a blow. But when you lose a parent like that, one day they're there and the next second they're not, you didn't, you didn't see it coming. You know, it's, it's a bit of a shock. And actually that's not totally true. I knew it was happening because I got information that it was happening as it was happening. So I knew it was happening and I wasn't surprised when I got the text, but I still wasn't prepared for it. So I don't have an office anymore. I don't have my dad anymore. And the next day after my dad dropped out of a massive coronary, I had to go into the anatomy lab because it was my job at the time and Mm -hmm. take the heart out of the cadaver, prepare the heart for dissection for the students. And oh. I remember I wrote a note to my boss. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And she said, no worries. Don't, don't worry. Don't like, don't, you don't need to come in. And I sat with it for about one hot minute. And I thought, I can't not, I can't not see what's going on with the heart. And so I went into the anatomy lab. I took the heart out of the body. It turns out that this cadaver who was a man had also died of a massive coronary. And you can see what that looks like in the heart. Because oh the body my is gosh, I got chills. I have I'm chills sorry. right now I too. I just got chills as you're, as, you're say, as you're saying this. So, wow. Like- so I'm holding the heart in my hands and the heart, when it's opter- operating optimally, operating optimally, it empties, fills, empties, fills, empties, fills, empties, mm-hmm. fills. And it does this in a coordinated fashion. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, operating optimally it's you know going all every which way and it shows up in the heart and so what i saw in this heart that i took out of the body was rather than both of the atria being empty and both of the ventricles being full or vice versa both the atria being full and both of the ventricles being empty was one was empty and one was full and i remember i pulled out of the the one that was full this beautiful piece of blood that looked like coral it had totally coagulated and solidified and it was just amazing to see how this beautiful formation that we associate with underwater is in the body and that's just like Mm -hmm. one example of how my head the, the crown chakra just blew open and the entire universe rushed in and what i realized was that the heart 
is always expanding and contracting. Mm-hmm. It's always emptying and filling. It's always giving and receiving. It's always opening to newness and letting go of the old. And this is the dance of life. And I had misidentified, I had misunderstood what I perceived to be productivity. I had misunderstood. I thought I was supposed to be productive 24 seven. And if I wasn't doing something valuable 24 seven, then I wasn't worthy. And I discovered in that moment that the heart spends just as much time at rest, getting ready to do the next thing as it does in action, that the rest is actually part of the action. And I had been running my business, I discovered completely backwards, completely counter to nature, completely disrespecting nature. And I walked out of the lab that day, tears streaming, just like completely empty. And I looked up, it was a beautiful October day. The sky was this incredible color, like the color of your shirt, this cobalt rich color. The aspens were gold and trembling. And I remember saying to the trees, how do you do this? How do you transform so beautifully, so exquisitely, naturally, gracefully, you just drop what you don't need. And the trees said, watch us, we'll teach you. And I took this very seriously. And I sat on my meditation cushion pretty much for the next six months. And I made a commitment to myself, I'm not gonna go into productive mode that's anti-nature. I'm actually going to go underground. I'm going to grieve. That's what nature does in the winter. Nature drops all her leaves. She's totally exposed and more light gets in. And that's the commitment I made to myself was to be totally exposed, was to be totally vulnerable, was to drop all the stuff that had been that I'd been carrying and to just be with all of it. And you know what happened after six months of me committing to this deep dive of presence with myself? Clients started coming to me. I wasn't advertising. I wasn't marketing. Clients started coming to me with 10x the budgets they used to come to me with. Work started flooding in Mm -hmm. and my income increased by 500% with me doing (laughs) no marketing, with me doing no advertising, with me like being invisible. This is how nature builds her business, right? She goes underground. She's pretty much invisible in the fall and the winter. And as Ruby says, you know, I'll probably, you know, say this incorrectly, but it's something like, you know, it may look quiet up here, but there's a riot happening underground. Underground, right? And that's what's happening with our subconscious mind is that there's so much exuberance and so much aliveness and so much gestation getting ready to bloom. And I had not realized this until I actually went underground. So 
that's how I landed on this path. And I was you, sitting in meditation one day. You totally had, you had a totally had like a beautiful destruction. Like you said, both yes. a breakdown and a breakthrough. Yes. Um, and, and it I, often does happen that way, doesn't it? I love that you said beautiful destruction, because mm -hmm. what I didn't understand, and I now do, is that destruction is part of the creative cycle. That yes. the creative cycle is, you know, the part that we identify with is either spring when things are coming up. It's like the Saraswati energy of new, new growth and new the potential, new seeds, new buds. And then there's the summer. It's the Lakshmi of the ripest peach and the juicy cherries and, and the, the rose bushes in full flower. And the third part of the cycle is the beautiful destruction. It's yes. the holly energy. It's the dissolution. It was those leaves that were falling off the tree and becoming the compost that's the rich, fertile nourishment for the next generation. And I didn't understand that was part of the cycle. The letting go is a very important and unskippable part of the cycle. So I'm so glad that you said that. Because when I brought, when I brought that into my business, the dissolution, the letting go, the dissolving, the beautiful destruction everything changed, everything changed. And you know what, you had a brain soul breakthrough, you know, so as the brain soul success podcast, you know, we talk about those traumas in our life that affected both the brain and affected our soul. Because often when we have any kind of breakthrough, any kind of like, you know, brain dump, or, or that, you know, those, those thoughts that come in, you know, the spirits involved, the heart is involved in your description of how the heart, actually anatomy of the heart, you know, uh, affected you at that time and gave you those messages on such a deep level. Um, completely, completely beautiful how you got to where you are, you know, today. So I know today you work with people helping them with their stories, right, with their anatomies of, of money and all the subconscious programming around, around that. Um, and it's through your own path that you got here. It's clear, it's yeah. clear that's, that's, you know, it's funny, I just have to tell everybody here, you know, it, we, we know each other. So Debbie and I are friends and, or Deborah and I are friends and we, um, she, she taught some amazing yoga classes uh, for me at one of my events. Um, we met at a mastermind community. So we met at an event and, uh, um, and we knew we were aligned with brain, brain and soul and brain and, you know, what we do together here and rewiring the brain and helping people. We do it very differently. Um, and yet everyone has sort of their teacher, you know, if you will. So I was so excited. I still I mean, I cannot believe this um, that we are getting to talk today about how you help people with that story and their role. What's the subconscious mind play in that? You know, how do you reprogram the subconscious? What, what, you know, what happens with the subconscious and the subconscious when you're thinking about helping people um, create the, the energy, the life, the money they want? To answer that question, I'm going to start with the conscious and the subconscious. What are they? Okay. Most of us don't have any idea. Most of us think that what I think, what I know is the reality. And most people walk around saying, well, the reality is, and that my friend is not the reality. That's the reality that you see. And each one of us is walking around in our own little bubbles. It's like, we're all astronauts. We've got these little bubble helmets on and we see the world as we see it, but nobody else sees the world the same way. And we don't realize this because we're so 
focused on the way we see it is the way that it is. So what we know from neuroscience is that your conscious mind controls between one to 5%. It controls between one to 5% of your beliefs, your actions, your habits, your thoughts, and of course, your results. Your conscious mind is controlling about 5% of your results. So if you're sitting here looking at your results and saying, I'm not making as much money as I want to make, or I don't have as many clients as I'd like to have, or um, <clears throat> my office is full of clutter and I wish it weren't. That's one of my, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. Or my body isn't um, feeling as good as I'd like it to feel. Whatever it is, whatever results you're experiencing right now, you're experiencing them because 5% of you has been working towards those results mm -hmm. and 95 to 99% of you has been working towards those results, right? Because you're a whole being, it's sure. impossible that your conscious mm -hmm. mind is, is driving. Your conscious mind thinks it's driving. It thinks it's in control. And then it bangs its head against the wall because it doesn't understand how can I be working so hard? How can I be struggling so much? How can I be showing up day after day after day after day and nothing's happening? Well, the reason nothing's happening is because your conscious mind is driving and it has 5% of the, of the, uh, accelerator pedal and your subconscious mind has 95 to 99%. So your subconscious mind is way, way, way more powerful than your conscious mind. Your conscious mind doesn't like that. Your conscious mind wants to be in control of everything. It wants things to be the way they are. Now, here's how your conscious mind and your subconscious mind need to learn that they're on the same team. Okay. Until you do this work, Mm -hmm. whether it's with you or with me or anybody who helps you do an integrative process with mind, body, and soul, mm -hmm. you're under the misapprehension that your conscious mind is controlling everything. And so you look to your conscious mind to keep you safe. Here's why that's a problem because your conscious mind is a retriever. It's like a golden retriever and it retrieves your memories 24 seven. Sure. Your conscious mind doesn't know anything new. All your conscious mind does is retrieves files from your memory banks that live in the subconscious. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's use money as an example, because uh, a lot of people feel like money is a source of stress. So let's say your conscious mind says, I'm going to break six figures this year, or I'm going to scale to multiple six this year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your conscious mind has a goal. That's where it wants to go subconsciously it's remembering, Oh, my dad died of a heart attack from working too hard. My dad was really stressed out and he died of a heart attack. I don't want to die of a heart attack. And I associate making a lot of money with working really hard. So I don't want to work that hard, for example, or mm -hmm. your brain, mm -hmm. your subconscious mind might remember I was raised by a single mom and you know, we had a thousand dollars a month and we had Campbell's soup for dinner every single night because we couldn't afford anything else. Mm -hmm. And who am I to be making $10,000 a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month? I can't do that. I can't upstage my mother, right? These kinds of things are, are running in our nervous system. Mm -hmm. and it's the memories. It's the memories that I call the memories that get stuck in the brain. I call them like little cellular memory bumps. 
Right. You know, <laughs> and we have to, we have to clear those stored memories because that's not your soul's truth. They're just right. memories. So the anatomy of money, mm-hmm. I'm in the totally, um, we're in the same car. <laughs> we're driving down the road yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. So the anatomy of money is that, uh, yes, every time we think about money, we blow a fuse, we short circuit, right? We start disqualifying ourselves. We'll say things like, I can't do that. That's going to be really, really hard. I don't want the responsibility. Uh, who would I be if like, who am I to do that? Who am I to make that much money? So there's a verbal thing that starts happening. And anytime you start going down the storytelling loop of you know convincing yourself of mm-hmm. how disqualified you are how you don't deserve it your body immediately responds and you're going to feel pressure in your heart people sometimes start coughing they they report that they feel a knot in their solar plexus perhaps they feel tingling in a certain body part you will immediately have feedback energetically in your system mm-hmm. that tells you oh this part went offline. The most common areas I see it are yeah. solar plexus or mm-hmm. the stomach or the heart or the throat. And also uh, people feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders, pain in the neck, sometimes headache with people who are super brainy, very high achieving over analytical people. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of headaches. Why? Because they're not fully in their body. And if they were more grounded, then the energy would be able to flow and it wouldn't back up and cause a, you know, congestion energetically in the head. Right, right. And that makes so much sense. You know, again, we're whole people. So we're going to feel it physically, even if it's sort of what I call starts outside, it starts in the energy field. Right. And it could even be an ancestral program. I mean, that you got from, you know, some of us heard, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Right, totally. You know, all of, all that programming. So that program is, you know, we have to we have to clear the blocks there, right, and allow you to get back to your soul's truth, so then you can create what you want to create. Yeah, right? and it does start out here in the energetic field. Mm-hmm. Everything starts in the energetic field. So everything starts in the energetic field. Your money beliefs also live in the ether because everything that exists is in the ethers, all of that is coming through you. But because of your conditioning, because of your parents, your ancestors, the conditions you grew up in, you began to filter that information. And so you only took certain parts of it as yours and you excluded other parts of that information as yours. So now we begin to differentiate and say, well, that's mine. That's not mine. And and energy, what we know about energy, this is Einstein, that it's a wave or it's a particle. And when it's dispersed, it looks like light. It looks like energy. It's invisible. It's intangible. Although light has different spectra, right? It it differentiates like a prism and we can see it once it consolidates enough. If that light keeps consolidating, eventually it becomes matter. It's like I perceive this physical part of me Mm -hmm. uh, to be solid. I'm actually not solid. And we know energetically the anatomy of money is also based on the chakra system and the chakra system, the wheels of energy that show up in the body are perfectly mapped on top of your nervous system, your endocrine system, your cardiovascular system. Mm -hmm. So there are areas in the body where energy naturally gathers. Mm -hmm. Root chakra is heavier energy because we're tethering ourselves to earth. 
It's supposed to be heavy. It's supposed to be a, a buoy that your soul can tether itself to so you can land here and be here and walk around here without fear. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about, so for our audience, um, uh, Dr. Dr. Deborah's talking about the chakra system here, which is the, you know, if you're not familiar with that, um, there's, there's a root chakra, there's a sacral chakra, they're different, they correlate with different colors. I think of it as like, I do a clearing with people, I call it rainbow clearing, and we're picturing the colors, almost like hula hoops or rings going around the body and the root chakra is red. And you're talking about being grounded, right? And then it should be heavy. You know, we need to be, because when we're not grounded, we're like, we're kind of floating almost above our bodies and we can't, we can't get the, even the right information when we're, when we're, you know, sort of outside of our body. So, so much of the techniques I know you teach and I teach help us do that. You know, I want to, I want to dive into this though, you know, so we're talking about the, the stories that people have around money, you know, and 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 energy and the the connection to the brain the connection subconscious subconscious but how do you work with people and help them change their money story i work with people in a number of ways so i always start with where they are Mm -hmm. which is not fully integrated not fully in their bodies and how does this show up I ask a lot of questions and I listen and the subconscious leaves clues. So you can hear when you dissociate, you just gave an example Mm -hmm. of you're floating above your body. This used to be my go-to. I used to leave my body on a regular basis because it didn't feel safe for me to be in a body. And when you learn that it's safe to be in your body, you can, leave your body and be in your body at the same time, because Mm -hmm. truly you always are doing that. There's always breath in your body or you wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. But until you, you, you recognize that, that truth that you're both and that I'm here and I'm there at the same time, I'm multidimensional. I exist in many different energetic forms, right? My hair is a different energetic form from my skin, which is different from my muscle, which is different from my bone. They're Mm -hmm. all different densities. They're all different forms of source coalescing into different levels of density. So how do I work with people? I start by asking questions. And you'll hear things like, I need to figure it out. I need to think about it. Um, let, or let me see, right? These are, okay, you're in your head. Mm-hmm. If, if this is how you speak about it. And I'll ask questions about money because money is a very perfect mirror for us to see what we're projecting onto our outer environment. And what we're projecting onto our outer environment is often parts of ourselves that we've been looking for. So we'll find it out there rather than, inside and we're looking for it inside of us so that we can be whole. So I'll ask questions about money. How do you, when you look at your savings account, how do you feel? And you know, how much money do you have in your savings account? People will write it down. And then I'll say, you know, what are the words that start to run through your head? And they'll say, Oh, I feel like there should be more. It's not enough. I screwed up. I'm a loser. I can't take care of myself. I feel so stupid. And I keep going. And now they realize like, I don't feel safe. And they re- and then they realize that they've unconsciously been conditioned to believe that money can keep them safe. Money can't keep you safe. Money comes and goes all the time. And if you're hanging your safety hat on the peg of having enough money, you will constantly live in fear that it will be taken away from you. So that 
condition, that, that precondition actually creates unsafety. So they have to discover that first, how they've given their power to money. Like when I have money, I'm safe. When I don't have money, I'm not safe. You've given your power to money to help you feel safe. So they need to see how they've given their power away. Next level, how does it feel in your body? Oh, well, my stomach is in a knot right now, or I feel like I'm going to puke. Half our nervous system transmitters are in the gut. So often when people think about money, they feel nauseous, <laughs> totally normal. You know, we don't realize until we do uh-huh. that, you know, we've got this thing called the enteric nervous system. Your, your gut is your second brain. And then when we keep being present with these feelings, a trauma will arise, a memory of something that happened will arise. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, one of the things that, that arose in this experience of me taking it to my meditation cushion several years ago was I realized, I remembered that when I was a little girl and my parents divorced and I was maybe eight, I was little, it was my job to call my dad and say, where's the child support? We're hungry. Mm-hmm. I should never have been in that position, mm-hmm. but it made me so afraid of money. And I thought money equals love. And if my dad doesn't send the child support, it means he doesn't love me. And my mom and my dad were you know, going through a divorce, which they're entitled to go through a divorce, right? That's allowed. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was my fault. And so I had to unhook from all of this stuff that it's not safe to have money. And if there's money, there's going to be a fight and then there's going to be a divorce. And, you know, and, and then if I make money, I'm on my dad's side because he was the one who had the power because he was not paying the child support and people with money are withholding. And, and if I identify with my mom, I'll be loved, but I can't make money. If I identify with my dad, my mom will be mad at me. Like it was just this rat's nest of confusion about money and love. And once I untangled that and I realized both my parents can love me in their own ways, you know, then I was free to do my own thing, but I wasn't free as long as I was tangled up in, I'm going to disappoint this one. If I love this one, I'm going to disappoint that one. If I love that one, you know, it was such a scarcity mindset of there's not enough love to go around. There's not enough money to go around. I have a real common story, you know? So I always see that, you know, especially the child, you know, as, as children. So everything from zero to five, you know, or even zero, age zero to 10. So whether it's a womb issue, something you've got in the womb from mom or dad, um, or, you know, those, those stories, that story that you're sharing here is, is so, um, so important for people to see and to understand, you know, we do take on our parents' energy when we're little, we're little sponges, and then we're made to feel guilty for something we didn't do. Yeah. And so when I clear blocks for people, I'm always looking for those places. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, we got to clear that block right now that says, you know, you were made to feel guilty. You were made to feel like you were responsible to call for that money. Right. Right. So we have to clear the brain soul connection to that and where that created a cell. It sounds like you've done the work around it, but for someone else listening, if they haven't, yeah. You yeah. know, we've got to we've got to clear the energy of that, the subconscious programming, because that's not your soul's truth. It's what happened to you. It's the situation you were in in your life, mm. um, but it is not. And those emotions get trapped, and they get trapped in the body, and they get trapped in the brain, uh, and they get trapped in the in the soul and in the field. 
And once, once we clear that energy, then you can be free to create and know that you're safe. Because mm. a lot of stuff is safety. Do you see that? I certainly see that. When we feel safe, you know, we have to, and, oh, look at the world right now. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> we have a new variant on the planet. What does that mean? Do people feel safe again? Right. So that's a big <clears throat> issue right now. Yeah. And, and part of the, part of, uh, part of the healing process is recognizing that there's nothing wrong. Uh, I used to think this happened to me and I used to think poor me that these were my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I understand that this didn't happen to me as much as it happened for me, that this happened for me and it happened through me and it happened because of me, because of the work that I'm here to do in the world, because Mm -hmm. I'm here to help demystify money and, and help people access true wealth, which is you as creator, you are the creator of your products, your goods, your services, your energy clearings, your, your supplements that you sell from a brick and mortar. You're the creator of what you put out into the world and what you put out into the world. That's of value is exchanged for what we call money, but you're actually the initiator of the process. And because it's my soul's mission, it's my soul's purpose to live and model this unity consciousness that I've described with the cycle of the tree and the cycle of how blood circulates and and really the, the cycle of how money circulates. I realized that my experiences were the, the perfect conditions that I requested for me to learn these higher truths. I couldn't mm-hmm. have learned these truths if I didn't have this big mountain to get over. Absolutely. It's like, you know, a mm-hmm. skier becomes a better skier, not by staying on the green runs. A skier becomes a better skier by taking on steeper and steeper slopes with bigger and bigger moguls. And it's fun. And, and in, in the challenge, we, we request the bigger bumps because oh, they actually true. strengthen us. So I realized that everything unfolded perfectly and my dad's love was perfect and my mom's love was perfect for me and my soul's evolution. Yeah, no, that's very beautifully said, absolutely. Um, and you can see from listening to uh, from listening to Dr. Deborah here that, you know, that she's arrived at this place where, it, um, where we want all of you to be. You know, where you realize, hey, all of these things are, are important, that they're tests, that it's God's plan, whatever God is to you, you know, and, and it, hel- it helps you grow. That's what we're here for. We're here to change. Mm-hmm. We're here to grow. We're here to have those bigger moguls. You know, yeah. we're not asking for them all the time, but they just appear and then we have to go through it. Right. Uh- <laughs> and if we don't have them, we get bored. Right. I mean, right. that's the other thing is that is that when you have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. when you, when you love growth, when you recognize that it's your birthright to grow and that everything is seeking to express itself in the next fullest version of itself, whether it's the bud or the fully ripe peach or the rose hip, which is saving nutrients for the next generation, it, it's all contributing to the cycle. I totally have truth bumps right now. When you <laughs> recognize that everything is contributing to the wholeness and everything from, you know, every cell of you is expanding from the inside out, your hair is growing, your fingernails are growing. The universe itself is expanding. When, when that's your come from, 
you know, the challenges are part of the journey. It's part of the fun. When I get triggered, when I have bumps in my business, when I have, you know, things that piss me off, I'm like, yay, more growth because, because you can't grow if you don't have something to push against, right? The vine can't grow if it doesn't have, you know, a, a branch to cling to, to rise. The tree can't grow if it doesn't have soil to push against. We we need gravity. We need resistance so that we can grow. The resistance is actually, it's an essential part of the growth. Because yes. you can't and rise if there's nothing stabilizing you to anchor you so that you can rise, right? You can't, if you're floating in air, go ahead and try this. See if you could float in air and jump. You can't. Right? No, you can't. The ground. No, you're floating. <laughs> right, you're floating. Yeah. So you need the ground. You need the heaviness that most people try to avoid, and including those heavy emotions like grief and sadness and anger and despair. You got to befriend those. They are your friends. They are vibrational frequencies that are part of the full spectrum that you are because you're made of light and light is all spectrum. So, and then how do you help people through that? I mean, you, you achieved what you've achieved through your, you know, all you, all the work that you've done for yourself here. How do you help others, um, you know, work with their, with their money blocks and, and, and achieve their higher level of creativity? I know you do such a great job with this. Give us some examples of, of how you've helped somebody. Maybe just pick a, Mm -hmm. pick a client. So I think you're asking like, what are the modalities or are you asking for some specific results? Results. What are some of the results? Okay. So um, I'm thinking of one of my clients who, when she came to me, she was in a corporate job, hated her job, hated her life. She would often come on calls at five or six o'clock at night after her workday. And she still hadn't eaten all day. So she was in a Mm -hmm. very, um, Um, a committed state of self-deprivation. She would just put her head down. She hated her boss. She was miserable. She was really cranky, really angry. And she had some anger issues to work through. Mm -hmm. And many people do. Most people do. I know I did. Mm -hmm. And we've been conditioned to believe that it's not okay for you to be angry, especially if you're a woman, it's not okay for you to be angry. We spoke earlier about how we have been conditioned to believe that we are responsible for how other people feel, Mm -hmm. right? You made me feel guilty. You made me miss my plane, whatever. We're so used to blaming. We're so used to, you made me do this. And we don't even realize that when we are blamed, We have been given a responsibility that we don't want. And all of a sudden we're responsible for somebody else's happiness or unhappiness, which makes us really afraid to be angry because we're afraid they're Mm -hmm. going to be mad at me. Right? So I don't want them to be mad at me. We're so afraid of anger. Now your anger is associated with your third chakra. It's associated with your ability to metabolize life. It's associated with your fire. It's associated with your passion. It's associated with your ability to receive. You want to make more money. You want to have more massages. You want to have nice luxury vacations. You want to have an amazing house. You want to have an amazing quality of sleep. It's about your ability to receive. And if you're blocked in your ability to receive, you think you know everything. 
you, you're like, no, 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 I got it. I don't need any support. You may show up as a perfectionist and everything needs to be perfect before you let anybody in to see it. And all these are money blocks. And so this particular client, I helped her with her anger issues. I helped her um, be present with what was and, and realize that her anger is power. Your anger is energy that you can use to create whatever you want because everything is energy and it takes the same amount of creative energy to internalize your anger and what that creates for you, or to use that same energy of anger and create amazing art or, or amazing courses or amazing books or amazing mm -hmm. dance, you know, because energy is energy. You can create whatever you want with your energy. So as a result of her working with me, and she was a private client for a while, and then she was in the anatomy of my quantum leap, which is a year long program. As a result, she now has a second home on the beach. She now has a multi six figure business. She quit her corporate job the year she was working with me, broke through six figures, went on to her second six figures, and she's now a very sought after coach and speaker in her own right. So that's oh, one. Oh, I love that. That's really that's really yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So when you nail those those issues, you know, when you really yeah. get the core issues and you can clear all those issues out and you know help people find their truth, their soul truth. And yeah, I yeah. Know, Hannah Kroger, one of my teachers, said. Anger is like, is like a sword. Mm. You can use it. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's really, and what if I think back on my own story, when I was super sick and living in Illinois, I was so angry. I was so angry at pesticides. I'd mm. end up on oxygen when they were using those chemicals in my neighborhood, but the mayor and I sued the state. I got petitions together and I turned that anger into good. Yeah. Um, it was a way for me to channel it. And I just did not like being in that anger, but I knew I was angry and I just, I was like a bulldog. I was just going to fight. Yeah. And that's you a know? great example because mm -hmm. the energy of anger, when you can go underneath the story about what they did to me and you can realize, oh, this energy is a divine download for me and I'm supposed to be using it You <laughs> got underneath of it. Right. And when you get underneath of it, your soul rises. The reason that we're angry is because your soul is rising and you wouldn't feel the anger if you weren't rising and then your conscious mind was pushing you down. If you just had, you know, open access for you to rise, you would just rise and your energy would just rise and you would be creating amazing things. Mm -hmm. We only feel it when there's something pushing us down. And so whenever you feel something pushing you down, it's because there's a part of you rising. And so I am masterful at helping you get underneath of the thing so that you can rise so and also to, rise. to clear the thing that's pushing you down, which is the conscious mind saying, you can't, who do you think you are? You can't make that this much money. Mm -hmm. Your mother never had this much money. Somebody's going to take it from you. Like all of these things that are living in your system are stories that you're making up. Remember we said at the very beginning, right. wearing this astronaut helmet in your own little bubble. And you realize that's actually not happening out there in the world. When you clear that, then you have an open channel. And so when we remove the block, the energy dissolves like ice dissolves in water. It's just more of you, right? It's not against you. It's not bad. It's more of your natural energy life force that's shown up for you and it's available for you. So you can melt like ice dissolves into water. It becomes more of itself when you really embrace your energy, that energy becomes more of who you are and you used your energy for good. And I bet your yeah. symptoms 
diminished when you began to use your voice and use your energy and to feel empowered and recognize I can make change. I am changing the world I want to live in. And when you are taking a stand for yourself in that way, you begin to feel better, don't you? Yeah. I mean, like it was, I mean, it was a gift when I really look back, I didn't think of it that way in it. Right. For, for certainly, we never do you know, when it, we're certainly was, it certainly was, it certainly was my biggest teacher, you yeah. know, for sure. So going through all that, absolutely. And those are right. those places in our life that we're talking about, you know, um, that we have to overcome and move through and learn from and grow, you know, yeah. we're always growing and changing. If we're not pushing out a little bit out of our comfort zone, we're not growing. Yeah. And they are our best teachers. They are our best teachers. So all of those beautiful times, let's shift gears for just a minute. I want to get to know you a little bit better. Have our audience know Dr. Deborah here. Um, What do you like to do in your free time? You know, when you're not working, what, what does Dr. Deborah like to do? I love swimming. Swimming? I love swimming. I get into the, we have a community pool in our town and it's outside And I love moving through the water. I love the feeling of being in flow. I love the feeling of being buoyant. And I have lots of pool toys. So I have fins. I have these flotation thingies you hold between your legs. So it makes your lower body buoyant. I have these hand paddles. And my favorite thing of all is I have a waterproof nano. So it's like a little mini iPod. And I load it up with mantra and I swim and I chant. And it's just this blissful, oh, it's just it. so blissful. I do it every day <laughs> in the summer and I really, really love it. I also have a puppy and I love going on walks. I love going on hikes and looking at the clouds and the wildflowers and all the beauty and diversity of nature. She's always changing and she has the most amazing wardrobe. I love reading. I love meditating. I love painting. So those are some of the things I love cooking. As you can see, I love life and, and I love this sensual, beautiful, tangible and delectable, visually stimulating parts of life. Yeah. And you describe it so well, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, I want to read something you wrote because, ooh, it's just good. It's just really, it's juicy. It's just really juicy. How about your best self-care tip? You know, when you're working with your you know, what do you do for yourself to keep yourself balanced? And uh, that's a great question. I do so many things. I once had a coach tell me, Deborah, you spend way too much time on self-care. And I was like, you're not my coach. (laughs) So uh, what do I do? Let's start with the night before, because your day starts with the night before I get eight hours of sleep every night. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, which I often do, because divine downloads like to happen at the middle of the night, I listen and I might be awake for a couple hours in the middle of the night. And then I get the sleep that I need so that I wake up fully refreshed every day. Before I go to sleep every night, I ask myself, what am I grateful for? I seed my subconscious brain with gratitude and appreciation so that it knows that I'm safe. And there's a lot to appreciate and a lot to be grateful for. I have an alarm set on my phone every night before I go to bed. And, you know, I see my phone and it sends me a message every night at 10 o'clock. It says, I'm peaceful. I'm content. I'm love. And then I do my gratitudes and then I drift off to sleep in the morning. I do my gratitudes before I get out of bed. Then I do a cold shower. I'm a big fan of hydrotherapy. Uh And then I meditate. I write in my journal. 
I read, I get inspired. I read spiritual things. Usually I read also, also neuroscience because I just love being in this space. Um, I drink um, water with lemon or lime. Hydration is very, very good for your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I swim every day and I'm very sensitive. I'm what, I don't really like labels, but they, those people who like to label, call me a highly sensitive person. And I used to feel that was a detriment and now I realized it's a great superpower. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm so sensitive to feeling. So every time a feeling arrives, like, you know, Rumi says, every messenger is a guest house opening us up to some new delight. You know, when I'm angry, I'll journal about it when, or, or, or I'll do, I'll write a letter to the universal manager, or I'll do a Byron Katie process, the work, or I'll do some tapping. I'm a big fan of EFT, emotional freedom technique. So there are lots of ways that I support myself. I fill my tank before I ever start doing work for my clients. Mm-hmm. Is that, is I make sure to do that. Uh, I also am very mindful of what I eat because just like our thoughts are, are serving us. I watch my thoughts. And if I start going down to the back alley of really mean thoughts, you know, I'm aware of that. And I know it takes five positive thoughts to a negative one. So I'll pause and I'll say, well, you know, what's going on, Deborah? What do you need right now? Like, I'm so loving. I'm so radically compassionate and attentive to what do I need to feel safe? Mm-hmm. And, and I operate from that place. And if I'm feeling unsafe, I will stop doing whatever I'm doing. I won't push myself. I won't force myself. I'll actually sit down and and be with the part of me that's feeling scared. That's feeling uncertain. That's feeling like I feel like a fraud right now. I feel like they're going to be mad at me right now. Like, it's not like that feeling ever goes away. It it will come up because it's part of who you are. I just have better tools to deal with it. No, right. Um, Tools. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I pay attention to thoughts and I pay attention to my food and I eat at regular intervals and I eat, high quality, high energy food. It's mostly water food. It's fruits, it's vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, it's water, it's fresh juices, it's green juices because there's energy in what you're consuming. So I no longer gravitate to foods that create inflammation. Thoughts create inflammation, food creates inflammation. So, you know, there are some really practical things that I do, which contribute to my levels of energy. And there are some really practical thoughts that I think that contribute to my levels of energy. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love how you described all that. You're so good with the self-care. I hope that all of you listening got some great tips here. from Deborah. And You deserve was, it. You, you deserve know? to take time for you because if you don't, how can you be of service to other people? Exactly. Exactly. I had a crash to learn that one. Yeah, I mean, that was my whole, that was my whole, <laughs> my, Me too. Whole, my whole story of how I crashed to learn that one. So yeah, we're going to encourage all of you out there to definitely, you know, take a tip or two here and incorporate it into your, you know, into your life, into your lifestyle as well. Um, if you were going to leave our audience here with one, one, one tip around, you know, the brain and in the spirit and the way that you work with people with the anatomy of money, what would that be? Love all parts of yourself, love all parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come in, mm-hmm. when your soul comes in, that's what I mean by when we come in, when our soul decides I'm coming in, I'm raising my hand. I have work to do down here on the earth plane. And I know my divine assignment. There's something that happens, I believe by design down here where 
we disintegrate. We literally disintegrate. And we leave parts of ourselves over there because they're not going to like it. We leave other parts of ourselves over there because they're not going to like it. And the brain goes this way and the body goes this way and all parts of ourselves go in all different directions. And we're in the, we're in the process of reintegrating, of realizing, oh, it's okay for me to be angry. Oh, it's okay for me to be sad. Oh, it's okay for me to be that powerful. Oh, it's okay for me to wear purple or whatever the thing is, right? We reclaim parts of ourselves that we've never done before. And I'm saying that about me because, um, you know, when I was in graduate school, I only wore black ever. I was one of those, you never, you never believe this about me, but I was like, all my wardrobe was black. And I'm experimenting with full spectrum and it's fun. Oh, I love it. And I love your purple. It's very pretty. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. And I my, my colors are purple and blue. So gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I know you have an amazing, um, and I, I, I gotta tell you, she's got some really good juicy stuff in here, y'all. y'all uh, Don't you love your, saying y'all? y'all I, love I love to say y'all for some reason. Um, on your, you have a great gift for us on the brain hacks, right? These are yes. brain hacks, but they're connected to, um, to spirituality. So it's your, you know, it's your scientific, spiritual, and sensual strategies for success. Um, so you got to get, you got to get um, Dr. Deborah's free gift here. So we'll put that in the, put that in the link. Um, so you definitely want to get that. And she's got challenges coming up. I know that um, this, this will actually air. You have one coming up soon, but you'll do it again. The anatomy of money challenge. Is that the right title? Yeah. It's called the anatomy of money lab. Lab. And- okay. Um, I opened the lab because your life is a living laboratory. Truly, you're in the middle of a grand experiment known as your life. You are the scientist controlling the variables in your experience, right? You get to control your conditions and your conditions don't define you. You define them. So periodically, every couple of months, I open the doors to a totally free offering that's called the Anatomy of Money Lab. And when we're inside the Anatomy of Money Lab, it's a deep dive training into your own anatomy and how your anatomy and your relationship with money are talking to you and how do you decode the messages that you may have been ignoring. So it's a really fun, um, interactive, Usually it's a five-day challenge. Some days it's a two-day challenge. I don't even like to call it a challenge, although it is going to challenge you. It is going to radically flip your perspective about money and your power and your value. So it's called the Anatomy of Money Lab. And you can join the Anatomy of Money Academy. That's a free Facebook group where I do laser coaching for free every week. Three people get in the hot seat. I also do amazing interviews. We did one yesterday with Louise where she did a group clearing that was just extraordinary for people in the group. And uh, it's a free group and the Anatomy of Money Lab happens within that Facebook group. So you could join the Anatomy of Money Academy Facebook group, totally free. You could go download Best Brain Hacks and then I'll email you when the next Anatomy of money lab is happening. So there are lots of ways for us to connect. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. You're doing such great work in the world. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time today and all that you shared with us. Um, this has just been stellar. I love you. I'm giving you a big virtual hug and, uh, and we wish everybody here an awesome, awesome day. Um, and take one of those self-care tips to heart, you know, do, do something for yourself today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to connect with you, Louise. Have a great day, everyone.